Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Sex Actually, the podcast unlike anything else, but probably like other podcasts. Hey, this is Dave Neal, your boy, stand-up comedian, actor, writer, failed business degree from Newport, Rhode Island, coming at you from my office in Silver Lake, Hollywood, California. This is going to be a solo episode, everybody, unless Tasha chimes in. Tasha, say hi. Hi. <laughs> I love how she said that like she was falling off a cliff in a cartoon. <laughs> Hello. Tasha's in the room watching the Bengals. They're winning uh, 20 to 9, I believe, is the score. My Patriots don't play for a little bit. So uh, I thought I would just do a little solo epo for you guys. I want Here's the deal. I always think that the, the biggest benefit to everyone is like, what crazy guest can I get on to share their stories? And I, and I sell myself short, you know what I mean? Like sometimes maybe I should be the one talking. Um, and I know what you're thinking, Dave, you interrupt every conversation you're in. You do the talking, which is fair. But, you know, I don't know. It's a muscle. It's, it's a muscle doing a solo episode, and it's terrifying. I have no one to, you know, ask a question to and take a break and no way, no way to sort of charge my thoughts and my processors and then I get out of breath and I'm looking at my coffee and I'm and I'm afraid of dead air so I don't I don't want to take time to drink my coffee. Well here's some dead air while I have a sip of my coffee. Drinking the gingerbread coffee. That's not gingerbread man, because Trader Joe's got rid of the sexualization of the gingerbread. God forbid we keep one thing gingerbread man. You ever realize this the only time we use man is to shame men. Oh, nice man bun. Oh, yeah, he's got a man pone. Oh, he's doing man yoga with his man dick. You know what I mean? He's going on a man date uh, with another man. I don't know. Is that redundant? No one's going up to girls and being like, oh, yeah, nice lady bangs you got there. No, they're bangs. That's what they are. They're not man pones. Anyway. We will not be shamed, ladies. And I know what you're thinking, uh, you've shamed us for 50,000 years. Well, it's 2016. It's the last week here, and I won't stand for it. If a guy has hair and he wants to grow it long, he's going to grow it long. Let this be the generation that grows their hair out. you right. The lions had manes. They were the alpha of the pride or whatever. Am I butchering it? Was it called the pride? The lion's pride? What's it called when the lions are in a family? Pride. Okay, good. I edited in Pride afterwards. I corrected myself. A school of lions. Anyhow, okay, so so this is what's up. Well, let's gonna, let's share some Christmas stories. Um, I want to tell you about some of my favorite Christmas gifts I got as a kid. I grew up with a single mom. I've talked about it before. My mom remarried when I was 11, but boy, it felt like I was fully grown. It really did. I mean, the first 10 and a half years of my life was, you know, Father's Day, you'd write a card to your uncle's. I'd have to write a card to Uncle Craig, you know, because my mom wanted me to, you know, partake in in the festivities. You know, like, I don't know if, how it is now, but like back then, like in art class, you would you would write a Father's Day card or Mother's Day card, depending on what the holiday was. I don't know. So maybe my mom was just protecting me. She was like, no, you're going to write Uncle Craig a card. <laughs> so my poor uncles had to get Father's Day cards. And they were still like, in, like my Uncle Craig was still probably in college like looking back on it and he had to get Father's Day cards for me. I think that's funny. Anyhow, my mom somehow would always provide us with the most epic Christmases every year. 
I remember one year, and 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 uh, it was my sister and I, right? Chase and Chase and Dave. Chase, uh, you know, for those of you that know, is not is my Irish twin. She's eleven and a half months older than me. We're born less than a year apart. It's called Irish twins, and um, so we're very close in age. Uh, but my fa- we we used to we'd come down for Christmas morning, right? You'd always have your new pajamas on. That's what we'd get Christmas Eve. We'd get new pajamas, um, and uh, and then you know they just real fresh cotton pajamas. They were the best. They were always a little too small, right? You never grew into your Christmas pajamas. It was always just like. <laughs> Just a chubby belly coming out. Uh, you know, they built in footsies. They were they were the real deal. Um, anyhow, you'd come downstairs and she'd have one couch and I'd have a, the other couch, or one of us would have a chair, and there would just be toys and toys piled up. And I remember one year, I must have been. I'm gonna go with nine, nine or ten. So I can totally remember it. Come downstairs. There. Are Board games on top of board games. I the, a hockey stick, which was the coolest thing. I don't know why it was probably like the cheapest. And um, uh, I got a race, a yellow race car, one of the ones with like the military. Um, it, it wasn't just wheels; it had the wheels with the with the rubber parts connecting it, like the you know, which which by the way looked cool, but made this thing go slow as shit. Um, <laughs> and it had one of those batteries that was it was basically like eight double A batteries with like a rubber tape connecting them so you you had two options when you're riding when you were using your remote control race car uh which by the way in newport rhode island it's like zero degrees outside but you have to go play with every present you can as soon as possible like i shit you not i'm in the backyard with my race car i've got a i've got a um a boomerang i've already thrown into a tree and I've got, I swear to you, I've got a fishing pole. I'm casting, I've just got a hook and a fishing pole and a lure. And I'm just trying, I'm just airing it out in the backyard. That's what you do. That's what, it, that's what, I don't know if girls do that. Guys do that. We just got to break in every toy all at once. So there I am breaking in every toy. I've got a red robe on. I'm just feeling like a baller. And, um, you get two speeds with the, um, with the race car, right? With the remote control, you get the slow speed, which makes it last a lot longer, or you get the fast speed, which makes it last like two minutes. So, of course, at any any rational nine-year-old hopped up on candy and sugar uh, at eight in the morning puts that thing on, you know, top speed. And you get to ride it for two minutes, you know, break it, break some shit off the curb. You know, you air it off the curb. You do some leaps. And then you got to charge it for 12 hours straight. So that got old real quick. Anyway, that was my favorite. And I, I just remember thinking... Um, wow, Santa Claus is so much cooler than my mom. My mom would not get me this kind of cool shit. Because, you know, I had a very, I'll call her stoic Irish Catholic mom. Just, you know, very much not, I don't want to say she wasn't friendly, but she was very much like I was her child. It wasn't a friend, it wasn't a friend relationship. I was her child. She was a good mom, but she was very quiet to us. So, like, she wasn't necessarily going to play with us, with our toys, we very much kind of were like kids of the street, like all the street kids kind of played together. Anyhow, that's not a diss on her. That's just that. That's just what I, I don't know if you guys had like right now with my mom, we can go have a coffee and, and chat. But it wasn't really till college that I kind of had that relationship with her because moms are always in teacher mode. So any anyhow, I just I was just like, oh, man, my mom, you know, my mom got me the boring, you know, because like my mom would wrap the gifts that were like the underwear, the pajamas, the sweater. And then, and then the Santa Claus's gifts would be the ones that weren't wrapped. So I don't know. He just blew her out of the water. I, looking back on it, a single mom, 
with the two kids, nine and ten. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I can't even, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't even afford life with my myself, my girlfriend, a dog, and a podcast. I couldn't imagine raising children. Ugh, she just, you know what I mean? Mom of the, mom of the year, mom of the year award. And Christmas has to be a hard time. I saw someone posted this on. Um, you can go to you can basically go to t- like any department store or any kids store like a Toys R Us and you can go to the to um the layover section and you can pay off somebody's you can pay off somebody's lay is it called layover? Layaway, sorry, layaway. Layover's uh <laughs> you go to the layover section in Delta. Did you hear about that, Tasha? You can go to you can go to like T like T J Maxx and go to the toy section and pay off somebody else's layaway. Oh, you knew about that? Cool. All right, let's go do that. Let's go do that one. We'll, we'll go pay off somebody. I don't know. That must be cool to think you've got like, you know, you've got some little, you know, bill. And you're kind of like, you know, you wanted to get your kids the toys. And you, the money's not right yet, just yet. Anyhow, that's what I'm urging everyone to do. Go, 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 go to one Toys R Us. Find something that's in your price range and go pay off the strangers. That's what we need more than anything right now, I think, is to just be kind to each other. And, um, you know, I, I, tru- I, I truly believe, and I think the stats are out there, that we do live in one of the safest, friendliest times in the history of the world. We really do. As crazy as it seems, Aleppo and Middle East and fucking Chicago, it, it, it seems like a horrible place, but we're just inundated with such negative news and energy that we have to we have to rise above that and i'm not a holier than thou trust me i you know we all we all feel just the pains of re, of, of watching the news and in in the uncertainties and all that shit and all i can say is that we just need to remember that for every for every negative story you see there's got to be a hundred good ones and we're out there you know we're out there everyone's out there doing good deeds there's a lot lot of lot of good happening out there so it's important that we kind of just rise above the negativity no don't ignore it but just know that like look like Somebody's making money off that. These fucking news stations—they're—they're they're, they're making money off just reporting on war. Speaking of war, oh my gosh, I'm reading *The War of Art*. What a book! No, not *The Art of War*. *The War of Art* by Stephen Pressfield. I love this book. It basically speaks to everyone's resistance and the things that are stopping us from doing what we truly are meant to do. You know, most of you know, I had a job in advertising very briefly out of college. I got fired. Next thing you know, I'm working in acting, led me to improv, then stand up, and I couldn't be happier. Um, it's a struggle, but I literally wouldn't change it for the world. I would not cash out for, there's no price. There's no price that would cash me out of what I do. And the reason the reason is I was kind of funneled in a direction, and I had this deep down thought of, wow, I want to be a performer. And I just couldn't figure out how to start my my journey with that. So I studied business, but I picked the one type of business that let you kind of, that was the most creative, which was marketing. And it still wasn't as creative, but I worked in an ad agency and all of a sudden I learned about film. Someone wanted me to be a part of their 24 hour film project. And then I got fired and then I realized, you know what, I don't need to be in an advertising agency to do that. And I, uh, I, you know, Craigslist was new at the time and I got a hold of some film opportunities. I did a short for Emerson college and I did a few other things. Next thing you know, a pilot for ABC, tiny little roles, but they give you a trailer, uh, small independent films that didn't pay. And now that, that, that's, um, what I think nine years later in the screen actors guild. So the point is that there is a war on art. There is a war suppressing people from, pursuing their craft 
as a writer, a poet, a painter. There's something stopping us. And if you have the, the voice deep down inside you, it doesn't matter how long you try to suppress it, it will come out. And that's okay. I've met guys in their 60s retired i met a retired marine who became an actor because he wanted to his whole life and he just never did it because there's a shame there much like man buns there's a shame oh what, oh you're oh what are you, you're a fucking starving artist oh can, let me ask you what do you actually make doing that what do you make how much does stand-up pay you does it pay you a lot i've got an i have a step uncle who's he's actually he's in a rough shape he's uh got a brain tumor he's probably not going to make it too much longer Yale, Yale educated. He's a writer, but he he was a good example of of the, of the older generation who I saw, I saw him recently, and they they don't even know they're shaming you. But uh, how much? Lo- hey, Dave, how much longer are you gonna uh, pursue this? Oh, fuck that, fuck that. Hey, Dave, how much longer? So so so, what's your fallback plan? What's your plan B, Dave? What are you gonna? And, you know, I'm immune to it. I recognize it now, but I'm immune to it. I'm, I'm locked in, guys. The War of Art. Here's a quote. Are you paralyzed with fear? That's a good sign. Fear is good. Like self-doubt, fear is an indicator. Fear tells us what we have to do. Remember one rule of thumb. The more scared we are of a work or calling, the more sure we can be that we have to do it. Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art. Well, 2016, 2017's around the corner, folks. What um what are we scared to do? What are we scared of out there? What do we, you know, a lot of us, I listen to a ton of podcasts, right? I'm assuming you do too. You listen to this one. Thank you so much. But um, are we too much of content consumers? Are we not creating enough? And I ask myself this all the time. Am I not creating enough? Sometimes I have to turn the podcast off that I'm listening to, some of my favorite ones, and I have to say, no, I'm a writer. I need to write more jokes. I need to perform better. I need to be a stronger. I need to share what it is I'm meant to share. And there's a healthy medium. We're inspired by other works of art. It's important for me to go watch other people do stand-up. You know, right down the road, you've got Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle performing stand-up. It is very important that I check them out. These guys are some of the best in the world. So it's important to be inspired by all those, but it's also... It's also crazy that this book, The War of Art, it really is, um, it really is uh, eye-opening to me. The resistance, and by resistance we, that we speak of, uh, Stephen Pressfield, he speaks of resistance. What's stopping us from being creative? Writing's not hard. Sitting down to write is. So different types of resistance. Uh, TV, um, eating sugar, <laughs> uh, alcohol, masturbating. Sex, sex, you know, stuff like that. That's, you know, sometimes you might zone off and bang out an hour's worth of Tinder when you could have been um, sharing what, you, what you're meant to share. And anyway, so, so resist. So I'm speaking out to all of you, and I don't know who I'm talking to out there, um, although our following has quadrupled in the last six months, and that I'm so grateful for that. You know, we, we, we just hit 125,000 total downloads earlier this year, but five months ago we hit 125 thousand total downloads well folks we're about a week and a half away from hitting 200,000 I mean it took us two and a half plus years to hit that first benchmark and we're almost going to double that so anyway we're on we're on to something here but point is don't mean to ramble about the war of art but we got to get out there and we got to put pen to paper so I'd love to hear from you guys what it is I mean, that's, that should be your Christmas gift to yourself is releasing that inner creative genius that you have. And it's a fear. 
everyone's got a fear. I mean, but but there's art, and um, you don't have to quit your day job. You don't have to tell anybody. You can just you can just be you. But I promise you, take it from me, a guy who never thought he would realize his inner kind of thoughts that you can do it. And the shame is something that you only feel within. Other people can try to put it on you, but it's a feeling that you have for not kind of like experiencing that rich feeling of performance or sharing your art or writing or whatever it is. That's Those are just the examples I can think of. But, you know, it's just, it's something that it's 2017 around the corner. Like, let's start the year off right. And for me, that is just one of the one of the biggest things I need to get back to is be 1000% positive. I need to delete all the negative thoughts because all they do is keep me from taking these leaps of faith. The negative thoughts that we have, you know, and um that's something that hopefully hopefully um you guys can experience with me as we kind of like and you know the positive journey doesn't mean you have to be like oh woo like oh super like gnarly bro like you can be just be you, you know, be you, but don't let, don't let the negativity in. That's, uh, that's kind of like a force field we have to build on a day-to-day basis to say like, no, I choose happiness. I choose love. I choose sex. And there are many ways to show love with family, with spouse, with your kids, with your dog. Um, man, I can't, I can't say how much the war of art talks. It talks about like domestic violence and you know anger and all these things if we all pursued our inner our inner voice of what we need none of that would exist and i know you could be like no fucking evil exists sure but all the the rage the road rage the rage we have against our kid because we couldn't you know like you know like the, like the, the the typical codependency is when you when you help somebody else you then resent them oh i fucking helped you clean your car and now you're going to do this shit to, you know what i mean it's like, what are we helping people for? Is it selfless or is it so we have a currency or something to hold hold them hold against them? Um, and that's and that's what the War of Art it talks about. It talks about how we when you are, when you make your mission your number one, you become a better per you become a better version of yourself to share with others. And the only inspiration you need to give others is to let them see the radiance that you have. I don't know if that makes sense. So I can't, I can't tell my brother Jameson, he's 19, he's in college, I guarantee he doesn't listen to this, although if you do, Jameson, I love you. Um, I, can't, I can't teach him in any way other than letting him see how I pursue life, letting him see the leaps of faith I take, and that, that shows him the path that exists. And um, anyway, what are we talking about? I want you guys all to just be the best version of yourself. Um, but more importantly, I want that for myself. I do. I want this podcast to be in a huge studio that I live in with cool signage in the background. That's like super cool. I want a cappuccino machine. I want guests to come over and be like, what do you, what do you need? A cappuccino machine? Or you want one of those short little Pellegrino bottles that's made out of glass? Why is it out of glass? I don't know, but that's what I want. I want it to clink when I throw it out. I just want to throw the glass in the thing and it makes noise. That's what I want, folks. But, hey, what's stopping us from doing that now? You know what I mean? Like, let's get after it. Um, It's crazy. This is going to be my fifth Christmas from home. Fifth Christmas from home. Third in a row. Is that right? Fourth in a row. Fuck, is this my fourth Christmas? 
Tasha, is this our third Christmas in Kentucky? Wow, so this is my fifth Christmas away from my family. The first time I went away from family was 10 years ago. I was studying abroad. Have you ever, have you ever, those listening, have you ever done Christmas away from your family? A lot of people haven't, and I'm sure some of you have military or, you know, traveling or maybe aren't close with your family. But my first Christmas away from my family, I was studying abroad in Marseille, France. It's on the south of, south of France, not too far from Nice. Um, I was studying in Marseille, and I bought my ticket in August. I was studying in September to December. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to go back to school till like January 21st of the following year. That, that, that's when I would go back to my school, University of Rhode Island. So I had three months to go to France. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep my flight as late as I can. So my, I, I booked my return flight. Um, so I like left September 3rd and my return flight was, I made it for January 19th or something like that. And I don't think my mom believed me that I wasn't coming back, but I was like, look, I mean, this is my chance to spend an extra month abroad. It was super selfish, but isn't that the time to be? I was 19. It was, you know, a time to go see the world. So I'm studying in Paris. I'm sorry, I'm studying in Marseille. Flew into Paris. Marseille is this cool little town. There's a, there's a thing on the campus called the foyer. And the foyer, or foyer, however you want to pronounce it, is um, it's basically the school bar. So the, the school had its own bar, 18 plus. And it was only one euro for a drink. You get a Stella for one euro. So, so cheap. That's like literally at the time the equivalent of like a dollar twenty-five or something like that. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe it was less, but it was around a dollar. A dollar a beer. Anyway, I'm, I met this guy, Etienne. He was from Montreal. Etienne was, um, you know, in Montreal and Quebec, they're, they, they're French-speaking, uh, Le Québécois. But he also uh, spoke very good English. And I was in a school. I wasn't in one of those schools where, like, a, a th- you know, 100 Americans go. Uh, I, uh, as far as I know, it was my, like, third day at school, and I hadn't met another American. It turns out there was one more American, Cynthia. So Cynthia and Dave were the only Americans, but she was kind of like, and I love her to death. Cynthia, if you're out there, shout out to you. Cynthia Brewer, she's great, but she was also kind of like, I don't want to talk to an American. I want to learn French. So like, she was kind of like not trying to hang with me. But uh, but my boy Etienne, this was a cool motherfucker. He was a strong, like sturdy guy, a couple inches shorter than me. But he was like the guy that would, the kind of guy that would hug you and you just felt safe. <laughs> like it sounds super gay to say that, but like a real dude. He played rugby. He was a man. This guy and I became friends immediately immediately Etienne and I became friends we'd hang out he was the type of guy that he would he would hold on to his beer and his like you know mug of beer and he wouldn't let his hand off it you know and he would just fucking chug not but like not in a douchey uh frat um, like just a man from Quebec uh so Etienne Etienne and I became good friends and then this other dude showed up um, he was super weird looking. He was six foot three with crazy blonde hair and like mutton chops. And his name was Puker, uh, Brecht von Puker. I still can barely pronounce it. Brecht von Puker from Belgium, from Bruges. Bruges is the Flemish part of Belgium. So Brecht was literally from the center. Um, Brussels is where the, um, the European Union is based out of, correct? So Bruges is just outside of there. So he spoke fluently. English, Flemish, German, French, and he also spoke like Italian. I mean, this dude spoke everything. He was a tall, lumbering guy, and he was the nicest guy. He came up to, um, he came up to Etienne and I at the bar, and he just spoke a very cool, almost American-sounding English, which was surprising to me because he had never been to America. He uh, he he learned his English from watching a lot of Hollywood-made films, so with the American accent. So he was like. Uh, 
he's like, guys, I'm going to I'm going to Barcelona this weekend. You want to go? And we were like, fuck yeah, we want to go. So we drove his car to Barcelona. He had he called it the Flipper. It was a Ford. I don't even know the model. They don't make it here. It's a very compact Ford. And anyway, he became a friend immediately, not just because he was just a savant with language, but he was just another cool guy that was there not to necessarily study in the books, but to just really experience life. And we, I just felt like the three of us, the three of us became such good friends. I, I told him, I was like, hey, look, guys, I didn't buy a, a flight home for Christmas. I'm staying here. Etienne did the same exact thing as I did he, without even knowing him yet. And which is kind of funny because uh, Montreal, where he's from, Quebec, is only maybe an eight-hour drive from where I'm from in Rhode Island, which isn't that far if you consider we met in France. So it turns out we were just bro- we were just brothers before we even knew it. We were we were truly boys, and 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 we had both decided not to go home to our families. So I was like, dude, we got to go find a place to go. What should we do? I mean, and the sky's the limit at this point. We're, we were already traveling. We had traveled to London together, Barcelona, all over the place. We had we had already kind of built this trust in a couple of months being friends. That uh, like um, Etienne lived right on campus, and I lived far away. And there was actually a bus strike that happened in Marseille. The French are really good at striking. Um, to them, it's a way to get le- like legislation passed. They they strike. They they shut down business. Uh, it's it's their way. It's just kind of like their way of doing politics. Uh, so and they're very good at it. So when they strike, they strike. They did a bus strike. So for over f- like fifty five to fifty seven days, there was a bus strike, and none of the buses worked. And of course, I was living about as far away in the city as you could. So I had to do what's called fare d'auto stop, which is which is basically hitchhiking. It was called fare d'auto stop. And I had to hitchhike to class every day and it, it would take hours to get home. It was truly miserable, but what an experience. Um, and this was, it was just crazy. So he lived on campus in the tiniest um, dorm, a one bedroom, tiny dorm, but um, he bought a air mattress for me so I could stay on campus the nights that it was like not worth coming home. So there were plenty of times, two, three nights in a row where like we would blow up the air mattress and just and just hang out because I was so not wanting to just, you know, my French was horrible. I, I had the hardest time ever, um, trying to, trying to hail a ride <laughs> and it was not, not the safest thing, but, um, what a, what a good guy. Anyway, the point of the story is we were like, oh, should we go to the French Alps for Christmas? Like get a cabin somewhere? Like, you know, and then, and then more and more people we found out that we had become friends with weren't going home for Christmas. We met some Argentinians. We had, um, our Mexican friends, Luis and Miguel, fucking great guys that we became friends with they weren't going home uh all these other people ode ode was my roommate she was from french polynesia which if you look on a map is a speck of space in the middle of nowhere south pacific um ode ode uh, the french polynesia obviously speak french so she was she was so super nice so nice uh sandra another mexican that i live with uh we basically had people from several continents uh johannes from germany who now has like a double phd uh brecht is friend wim uh all these people i'm sorry if i'm missing anyone because i uh, oh and vincent vincent was the crazy the crazy guy from quebec another french canadian so we told we were like look we need to go to a place where we can all go and 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 kind of party hang out eat food for cheap you know we're we're literally doing it on the cheap so we found a hostel in prague prague czech republic now getting to prague was relatively cheap and although i'll tell you what the czech 
is a language, it is a hard language to read. I mean, you go to Spain or France, you can kind of understand a lot of the same words. They have a lot of the same, you know, pronoun, whatever. They kind of like, sort. some of them sound, you know, airport, you can figure it out. But this is like a lot of Zs and Ks and shit. We didn't know where we were going. But we get to this hostel. We all agreed to go to the hostel. We were like, give us your biggest room. We get a 16-bed room. There's probably 13 of us. And then and then they fill up the rest with some Australian people. Because the Australians, no matter where you go in the world, Australians are partying there. They're, they have, they're, like, they just know how to, yeah, I'm just on vacation, mate. Like they just know, they just go away. It's just great. So we're with these Austra- the Australians are on like the top bunks because like no one wanted the top bunks and they came late. So there's Australian girls on the top bunks. We're all, you know, 16 of us. And um, it, what, what, what we learned was for the price, I mean, it was already cheap to travel. This is 10 years ago. But the, was it the crown, the crown, the, is that what the Russian, I'm trying to think what the rush, what the uh, not the Russian. I'm sorry, what the 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 Czech, the Czech crown. I think it was called. It was like twenty eight to one. So basically, you could go anywhere and get a and get a full. Like we went to this one place for dinner where like the meat is just on the bone. You just ate it like a man with gigantic pills in your beer, and and it would be like it would come out to like eight dollars a person. I mean, I'm talking after a long night of drinking and eating. We had so much fun. The hostel was attached to a um the hostel was attached to a nightclub. So I just remember the only thing I had to do Chris on Christmas was call my family. And this is my cell phone didn't work. You know, this is way before you just picked up your cell phone and made an international call and, you know, like, and you know, Wi-Fi. that shit just didn't really, it just wasn't happening yet. So you had to have a calling card. So I had a calling card and I, I found a um, pay phone uh, in like the atrium of this nightclub. So, you just hear in the background like you just hear like that that pulse of music and i called my family and of course i was wasted they were probably all wasted and you know i passed the phone around i think for us we were 6 hours ahead so i'm you know i'm casually out at 1 2 in the morning as soon you know when the club's really starting to heat up and they're you know 8 o'clock at night and um you know what it wasn't i wasn't as, nearly as lonely as i thought it would be because i had surrounded myself with new family and it wasn't taking the replace of my old family. It was just a new place that was at. Uh, it could have been way more sad if I was spending it alone. But I was just with these awesome, awesome dudes. Um, Christmas night, we get back to the hostel and they told us the, you know, the every, most hostels like sell beer and stuff like that. And they told us, and for those that don't know, hostels just like a very communal hotel, like like single beds, bunk beds, um, shared showers, you know, like dorm style uh, lockers. You could rent to store all your shit. And there was always like a cafe for like, you know, a couple computers you can use and beanbag chairs and just shit like that. It was very communal. You were almost expected to share your story with others, a way to trade, you know, tr- trade life basically. Um, so anyway, they, they told us that on Christmas night, they weren't going to have the bar open. And, we were like, oh, geez, what? Seriously? All the people that are staying at the hostel, you're not going to like have the bar open? This is nuts. So we were like, can we, they were going to, they were, we were like, can we bring our own alcohol? And they were like, yeah, I guess we can open like the mess hall area, like the bar, like where the dining hall is. They were like, I guess we can open it for you guys. So we were like, oh, okay. So we, we literally go as, you know, to the, to the closest liquor store and just get, 
you know, whatever packs of alcohol, beer we can. And of course, this is Czech Republic. This is like the home of absinthe. So we get absinthe, which isn't as crazy. As, I mean, it'll fuck you up, but it's not, you know, it, I, don't, I don't think we saw any like, you know, green fairies or whatever they say you're supposed to see. Um, but anyway, we bring the party back to the hostel and we just get blitzed. I mean, it was, you know, you know, just the type, the type of drunk you get when you're at 19, 20, 21. And, and it was a blast and it was safe. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just getting drunk, trying to fuck. It was just friends. We went around a circle and we all, we all learned how to say Merry Christmas to each other, which wasn't easy. We're talking, we're talking, you know, not just Spanish, French, Feliz Navidad, uh, you know, not all that just shit, but we're talking like, you know, the Dutch way and the way that, and then how the Australians do Christmas, which is completely different and, and this and that. And we just, we just, um, someone started singing Feliz Navidad, which, which was funny because I didn't know that that was going to be so synonymous with every culture, every culture that was there knew Feliz Navidad. Um, but we only knew like the Feliz Navidad and then Prospero and then we would let the Luis and Miguel would sing that part. Cause I didn't know that shit, but, uh, we started a Congo line and started singing it going up and down the halls, uh, late at night, my, mind you. And, I don't think one person told us to shut the fuck up. People would people left their rooms and joined the conk line. Cause look, if you're at a hostel, I'm sorry, if you're at a hostel on Christmas, uh, you, you're not self righteous. You're not like, hey, we're trying to get some sleep in here. You're probably gonna join a conga line of of Feliz Navidad. So, I actually found the one clip I have from that. I didn't. So I have the worst quality clip. It's a nine seconds long. Um, it's on a, it's on an old YouTube channel that I have. I'm going to download that onto the sex actually pod Instagram. It is, it is literally, if you'll have to look and see which one is me. Um, but all of my friends are in this video and, um, I love them for life. They're, they're really great guys. Um, so Merry Christmas to you, Brecht, Luis, Miguel, Ode, Sandra, Johannes, Etienne, Vincent, and whoever else I forgot. The Australians. Anyway, to end that story, um, the Australians, they fucking party. You know what I mean? They just, they, they, they know how to party, but then they don't. We were, I just remember everyone passed out in bed and like an hour later, we just hear that, 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 that sound of like high heels walking into, um, you know, like a hardwood floor and you, and then all of a sudden you just hear someone crawling up to the sec, to the top bunk. And it's the Australian chicks in their high heels trying to get to this to the uh, top bunks, wasted. And then all of a sudden, you just hear an Australian girl falling <laughs> through the air and landing on the ground. And uh, she was she, she was okay. These these I'm just saying these girls can party. They they uh, I'm pretty sure they slept on the ground that night. Uh, then the next morning, everybody woke up and um, kind of shared what they got for Christmas. The Australians brought Vegemite. As any, any Australians listening, Vegemite, as far as I know, it's a vegetable food paste that comes in a tube that looks like toothpaste. And they swear by it. They put it on crackers and stuff. They love it. And um, I guess that's like our peanut butter because I don't think peanut butter exists in too many different cultures. I know when I lived in France, I couldn't find peanut butter anywhere. So I feel like I love peanut butter. Maybe um, if anyone has any Vegemite, they want to send us, go ahead. Uh, anyhow, that that story was 1,000% for me. I hope you enjoyed it, um, the story of my Prague Christmas. From there, we went, uh, only a few of us continued 
continued uh, traveling. From Prague, my buddy uh, Luis, from Mexico City, Luis and myself, we went to Galway, Ireland. Now, in order to get to Galway, we had to make a 16-hour layover in Milan, Italy. And I was thinking, oh, Milan, great. Let's not stay at the airport. Let's just get a ride into the city and we'll spend the night kind of hanging out at some bars and stuff. Well, turns out Milan is in a mountain and it was fucking freezing. So we spent the night, we were going to get a hotel, but it was super expensive. And we're like, you know what? We only need the hotel, whatever, for like six hours. Let's just, let's just hang. You know what I mean? Like we'll hang outside of a bus station or something. So we ended up hanging um, outside of the subway, which was closed down. And we just found like, you know, we just kind of like, like, try to keep warm till the subway opened up and then we could take the subway back to the airport. We get to Galway and we went to a friend's party. Um, Michelle, Michelle Bree, if you're listening, good to, good to see you. Uh, we went to Michelle's party. She had a house party. Um, we had met them, um, in Marseille, France, uh, earlier that year. We, we had become good friends with Michelle and Sarah. So she was having a house party in Galway, which is the West coast of Ireland. And it was a blast. I brought whatever I brought one bottle of absinthe that I had left and we we just had a blast. But um next day we had to get out of there, go back to Dublin and um you know the party continued. But anyway, the point of the story is like look, we only get this 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 life once, as far as we know. Like these memories, these stories come with us forever. I so wish and look forward to seeing my buddies again, my my international friends. You know, for me, like the last five to ten years has been more about kind of getting my skill set better. I, I want to be, I want my stand up to be at a point where I can, you know, perform in places in Europe. I hear like guys like Bill Burr that get to do, you know, the UK tour. They get to go to Ireland and England and Germany. They get to do all these places. And I'm like, oh fuck, I want that so bad. But what it's going to take is, is me to continue um, razor sharp focus creatively to keep on developing that skill set so that I can share it with others. The best comedy festival in the world is the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. I cannot wait to be admitted to that. And then I can invite my buddy Etienne. He's a brother to me. Love these guys. And um, he has a kid now. I mean, these it's just, I see them from afar. Pooker, uh, Pooker was in New York a couple years ago. For a, He also had like a, a, like a half a day layover. So Pooker came out um, from the airport to downtown New York City and we got lunch together. And I just love, you know what I mean? Sometimes you, you ever like not see someone for a while and you're like nervous and you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, are we going to be cool? D- these guys, you just, you see them and you go back to that first fucking beer you had together. I mean, real legends. I was so lucky. So lucky. And you know what? The only, it, it was such a, deciding to go to France was such a, um, a leap of my current character. You know what I mean? Like I came from an island not many people get off the island. Not many people leave Rhode Island. And to decide to just go somewhere by myself and not have any, you know, you didn't even have housing set up when I got there. I just, I barely knew, you know, the language. So it was just, just, just a reminder that these leaps of faith are so rewarded, so rewarded when we decide to do something that we really see the universe and whatever you want to call it, God or the energy source that, that surrounds us really, really conspires to make things happen. And that's the war of art. And that's the art of travel, the art of, um, whatever that's, that's deciding that our family are our friends, that we have more friends than enemies. The, these thoughts and decisions that we make, they're, we're, we're rewarded by, by the truth of that. 
that um, that we can have a fun Christmas, no matter where we are. This will be my third Christmas with uh, Tasha's family. Did you just print something? I'm literally sitting next to the printer, and someone decided to turn the printer around. Um, anyhow, you probably couldn't hear that, so you, I do sound crazy. Um, anyhow, I'm looking forward to my third Christmas in Kentucky. We're going to do some podcasts from there. When we get there, we're going to be there for almost two weeks. If anyone's in Cincinnati, Ohio, it looks like I'm going to be on a show December 23rd. Uh, let me know. I'll get you tickets. You can come out. Um, Cincinnati's a fun place. Uh, where we're staying in Kentucky is actually just across the river, so we're not far from Cincinnati. Hopefully, maybe we'll do some bourbon tours. Uh, what else are we going to do? Go shopping at the big old Kentucky malls. We're going to get some Skyline Chili, and, um, and Tasha's mom's going to get us drunk. That's for sure. That family can drink. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's just uh, it's so great. I love Christmas. We don't have to do shit. We just hang out and drink. Um, anyway, I want to hear about your favorite Christmas gifts. Uh, every once in a while, I ask you guys to send me an audio clip. Uh, send me some audio. Tell me your name, where you're from, how long you've been listening, and just tell me tell me what your favorite Christmas gift was. And also, you, if you want, tell me what your worst gift was. If you ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend that you got you something funny that, that you hated, whatever, let me know. Like, Send that to sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Guys, this can take literally a minute. Make a voice note in your phone. Tell me, hey, this is Jill. Hi, this is Jill from Seattle, and I've been listening for like four years, three years now, and I just, you know, whatever. Just do it. I'm going to compile them all together and make a little compilation episode. So um, send me something. Not too long, but uh, let me know. Let me know. Like, let me know. You're li- I love it when we have uh, people listening. We find out where you're from and all that. Um, oh, big shout out to Dara in Florida. It's her birthday. Hey, she's been listening for years now. I love that this has been going on for years now. We've got longtime listeners. Um I, I appreciate your reviews. Uh, you can write us a review um, on the Sex Actually podcast by searching Sex Actually on your iTunes podcast app. Click on the icon, click reviews, click write a review. If you haven't written a review yet, guys, I'm waiting for you. Uh, the more reviews, the easier it is to search for this show. The more people that listen, the uh, more successful we are. And then, you know, hopefully, I've been saying this for a while now, but I'd love to take this on tour. People are asking me where I can do stand-up if I can see them in their hometowns. There are so many towns out there I'd love to come to with um, my comedy friends. So keep on sharing and supporting. You guys have been great. You guys are as valuable to me as all my friends I spent that Christmas with in Prague because uh, we're all in this thing together. We're keeping each other upright. We're giving us kind of a good creative reason to uh, to share. And uh, that's what it's for. So The War of Art, that's just this awesome book. Uh, I'm probably finding it late. I know it's been around for a little bit. But um, are you paralyzed with fear? Are you? What's it about? Let me know. You know, pursue. Go for it. Take that first step. Google. How to blank whatever it is you want to do. Be a poet, screenplay writer, whatever. Buy a book. Go for it, guys. Come on. We're getting old. It's 2017. What do we have to lose, right? other than our own shame that we actually want to do something nice and creative. You will be rewarded for it. Trust me on this one. Ah, so what else is there to say? What else is there to say? Um, time to go get ready to watch my Patriots game. I love it. I just love it. You know, I've, this Christmas season, I um, see the day I'm recording this today, it's um, December 18th. This will come out tonight, Sunday, December 18th. And, you know, I haven't, it's one week till Christmas, and I haven't listened to Christmas music 
yet. I really have tried because I love the Christmas season. I just don't like to be exhausted before it happens. So I've just been working hard trying to forget about it all, you know, because for me, Christmas doesn't start till Wednesday, um, till the week before when we get out of here. Um, anyhow, this was a fun podcast for me. I can't believe we just did 43 minutes. I only took a sip of coffee once. Let me take another sip. Then you guys want to follow me, Sex Actually Pod on Instagram, Sex Actually Pod um, on Twitter, Sex Actually Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, the structure of this thing changes. You know, some episodes it's Tasha and Dave in the car, some episodes it's me, and then some episodes we started to get the live stream out. It's going to be a little bit of everything, but um, I think you guys are on board. I think you're with me, and I appreciate that because um, I really couldn't do it without you. You know, they say most podcasts only last seven episodes. Isn't that crazy? Well, this is happy number 185. So here's to us, folks. Get your eggnog out, throw some bourbon in it, and some homemade whipped cream because apparently they're out of nitrous oxide, so there's a whipped cream shortage. Which, by the way, folks, homemade whipped cream is way better. Um, Anyhow, have a sip for me. Uh, Leave us a comment on the uh, Sex Actually page. I know I'm just meandering now, but leave us a comment on Sex Actually Pod on Instagram. I love hearing from new people. If you have any questions, we always have great guests that offer such good insight because they've got no stake in the game. Trust me on this. My guests will give you more honest responses than your best friend, Becky. Trust me on this. It is good sometimes to hear something from a stranger. Um, We're here for you guys, and I really want to make 2017 a great year. Uh, Let's do it, guys. All right? See you one. See you guys next. Uh, I just fucked that up. I went 45 minutes and then I flubbed my line right at the end. Um, do I swear too much? I got a YouTube comment that said I swear too much and it's disrespectful. And I I was like, oh, really? I thought I thought swearing was more of a, it's an adjective to uh, to an illustration, right? It's just a way, you know what I mean? Sometimes my favorite, I'll leave, I'll leave you with my favorite quote, okay? I hope I don't fuck this up. Oh, there you go. Swore. My favorite quote from the movie of Risky Business. It was the kid talking to Tom Cruise. And he said, sometimes you just have to say, what the fuck? And maybe that's a good quote when it comes to pursuing your art. Whatever it is. No one cares. No one's going to hate you if it sucks right away. You know what I mean? Maybe a couple kids from your high school might uh, make fun of you because they're insecure about not pursuing their own art. But just remember, sometimes you have to say, what the fuck? See you guys next episode. Stop.